Welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report. I'm happy once again to have Greg Thomas with us. This will be our 13th podcast together. Last time we started with a brand new topic, effective communication. Since August of 2022, we have been discussing an ongoing series of thought-provoking topics on the subject of personal leadership development and business leadership. Greg is a business consultant, author, keynote speaker, and a personal life coach that I have gotten to know very well for over a decade. As a reminder, you can learn more about Greg's training skills on his YouTube channel. Simply type in Leadership Excellence Channel on the YouTube homepage search bar and you will find him. So in the past, we've spoken with Greg about a lot of interesting topics, including personal leadership development, business leadership, servant leadership, how to have a fulfilling and productive day, and the common misconceptions about the law of attraction. So, Greg, welcome to our 13th podcast together. Well, thank you, Vic. You know, I'm not a uh, superstitious person, so I believe that this is actually going to be our best podcast together, even though it's the 13th. <laughs> I'm not superstitious either, but it, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be great. So, last time we talked about the topic of improving our communication skills. And you gave us some reasons why. Communication skills are extremely important as far as being a leader. But let's start with your giving a little bit of a review of where we've been and to where we're going. Sure, be happy to. Vic. That's a good idea because not everyone will have the time to listen to a previous podcast. I know human nature and how I sometimes get so busy that I can't go back and listen to a previous message in a series of um, messages. So we'll begin by just having a brief recap of what we touched on last time together. So communication is very important. It's the lifeblood of being human. It's what uh, separates us from much of the other life in this world, our ability to communicate together, to share our thoughts and our creative feelings and our ideas beyond just emotions. It's the process of sending and receiving messages and meaning through verbal and nonverbal means. Most people are very good at telling, they're very good at talking, they're very good at lecturing, but most human beings are not very good at listening, at mm -hmm. receiving messages. So that, that's the emphasis when you talk about learning to be a more effective communicator. We touched upon last time why it's so important to learn to be a good communicator. Without communication, we can only accomplish alone a mere fraction of what you can do if you work jointly with others. If you have good communication and you create that synergy by pulling together as a team, like mm -hmm. a husband and wife or a business group or uh, any number of people working together to get something done. Good communication fulfills a basic human need. That need is to understand others and to be understood. And we all want to be understood. Mm -hmm. Communication is important because it helps us to realize that it's choice, not chance, that determines our human destiny. So we can choose to have harmonious and fulfilling relationships. If we don't have those, then we have confrontation. One-on-one -on -one is individuals and nations have confrontation. We call those wars. Mm -hmm. And those are very tragic things. So we certainly want to avoid that. Confrontation is a terrible thing because it breaks up relationships. 
And usually what causes confrontation is a lack of communication. As I said before, no communication or little communication is bad communication. You have to talk. You have to share ideas. You have to share your thoughts with one another. So lack of communication is bad communication. Mm -hmm. And that usually results in broken relationships. Confrontation is often caused by a delayed intervene early in a situation, just hoping it'll get better or hoping things will go away and seldom do they get better or go away. Confrontation happens a lot of times when we have a negative event leading to the proverbial last straw and just something hits us the wrong way and maybe there's been a series of slights or irritations or offenses and we have that last straw and that's what causes uh, a confrontation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's frustration leading to an aggressive tone or provoking someone by being a bully, uh, pushing and prodding someone, and eventually they're going to become angry. And last time we talked about the three C's of communication, and that was credibility. People have to believe our, in our competence and believe that we are credible as people. What we say we'll do, we do. And character is the second C of communication. Do we have that integrity to walk the walk? Are we people of living a life of honesty and integrity? And then the third one is courage. And sometimes that's very difficult. That's the courage to deal with unpleasantness, mm -hmm. the courage to deal with conflict, and sometimes the firmness to sit someone down and tactfully tell them that they're being a disruptor or they're not helping a particular situation and doing that with the right attitude and trying to get the right results and also the courage to accept genuine criticism when it's offered to us. So those are the three C's of communication. Mm -hmm. And also last time we talked about four levels of communication, the most shallow being what we would call casual. That's a simple subject matter and there's really not much of an exchange going on. The next deepest level is personal and social. You exchange ideas and information on a social level, a little bit more of a conversation, give and take, talking and receiving. Then the next level is something similar to what we do here in your podcast, Vic, that's called information and ideas. You're having uh, intellectual processes and you're talking about things and you're expanding thinking and concepts. And then the deepest level of communication is called disclosure. And that's the one we usually want to strive for with our family and our coworkers and our neighbors and people that we see often. That's a genuine caring for them and an ethical concern for them. Mm -hmm. So much that we make ourselves vulnerable, and we call that the disclosure level of communication. Mm -hmm. And that's where we come to a relationship that is the result of good communication. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you're just not going to have a great relationship until you get to that disclosure level. Mm -hmm. And it takes a little bit of work and normally begins in the casual level, right? It begins in the most superficial. And as you invest time in that relationship and you communicate and you exchange ideas and you become a, a good active listener, and we'll talk about listening in a little bit, then you move on to the next level and then the information ideas, and ultimately, you're able to move up to the disclosure level. And that's where a real genuine relationship is formed. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the reason all these are important, as I emphasized last time, 
is we were not born with good communication skills. Mm-hmm. We were born with very naturally selfish communication skills. We were infants and we squawked and we cried when we had a need and we cooed when we were happy. And over the years, we began to learn how to communicate from our society, from our culture, from our family, from our school system, in some cases from our churches. And it's from them that we learned everything we know about communication. And a lot of those things indeed were very good, very helpful, very wholesome. Mm-hmm. But for all of us, there are also things that we learned about communication that are not good. And we must relearn. Since we're not born with good communication skills, we have to learn good communication skills. And the, the foundation of that is having a, a right attitude. It means not thinking that you're all knowing, right? Not being mm-hmm. uh, narcissistic, realizing that communication is two way it's send and receive it's listening it's asking questions to know more about what that person was saying so it's a two-way process then active listening suspending our judgment suspending thinking about something else when someone is talking to us and giving complete focus to what they're saying and showing them that we're listening to what they're saying with good eye contact nodding our head and disciplining ourselves to focus on what they're saying rather than what we want to say next. And then it's having consideration. That's also a skill that has to be learned. Giving people dignity and respect, even in their differences, for many people, they'll give you respect and dignity if you agree with them, but otherwise they kind of shun you. But uh, good communication skills are that you give an individual dignity and respect, even if you don't agree with them. It also includes looking for the total message, not only with the words that are coming out of their mouths, but their nonverbal communication, what their eyes are saying, what their gestures are saying, their hands, uh, what their body is telling you as well. That's the total message, both verbal and nonverbal. And then having timing, having a high respect for another person's time, not wasting their time, but having a deep respect that their time is important to them. Their time is precious, getting to a point and realizing that we have to have the highest level of respect for another person's time, just like we would ask others to respect our time. And that's also an important aspect of communication. That's kind of where we left off last time. Yeah, last time you ended by saying that we must first learn the most important form of communication, which is our self-talk. And I'd like for you, Greg, to explain this. Yeah, I'd be happy to. There are two types of healthy communication needed, our self-talk and then our communication with other human beings. But really the foundation of good communication that most people overlook is our self-talk. The reality is, is we all have a constant conversation going on with our heads when we are conscious and perhaps even in our unconscious, we are having this talk, this discussion with ourselves all day long every waking moment. And the key is is that without constant attention, our self-talk can easily turn negative and it can defeat us. Again, most of us have that constant dialogue going on and you'll have an epiphany in your life when you realize that your self-talk often is not truthful. Don't ever assume 
that your self-talk is telling you the truth. I've had people say to me, well, Craig, this is me talking to me. I wouldn't lie to myself, would I? The mm-hmm. answer to that is 24-7. Sure, we lie to ourselves all the time. Mm-hmm. Our minds tell us, I don't like that person, when we really don't even know that person yet. Mm-hmm. Our mind makes prejudgments. Our mind tells us we're not smart enough. We're not good-looking enough. We're not aggressive enough to get that done. We're not talented enough to get that done. We can't do that because of our gender or because of some other reason or excuse that our mind comes up with. And we need to learn, as we talk about our self-talk, to challenge your thoughts. Don't ever assume that your self-talk is truthful to Mm -hmm. you because it's usually lying. So we have to learn to challenge our thoughts. And when you begin to challenge your thoughts, you truly have a breakthrough in your life because you begin not to be led and manipulated by a level of negativity. The researchers say that up to 80 percent of what enters our minds are negative and works against us. Mm -hmm. It's negative towards other people, negative towards events or negative towards ourselves. That's what our self-talk does to us. And when we begin to challenge it and we say we, we get that thought and we say, well, well, why do you feel that way? Or we say to her, should say to ourselves, I'm sorry, I don't accept that. That's not the truth. When we begin to do that, we begin to see big differences in our thinking. We begin to take charge of our self-consciousness rather than allowing that self-talk to dominate our lives and our emotions and our thoughts. There's a a man who's very uh, talented in explaining what we're talking about here is called Dr. Daniel G. Amen. He's often on PBS. He has a mm-hmm. number of shows. He's a, a, a brained, I don't know what his official title would be, but he scans and studies the human brain. And he calls them ants. He says, we have to get the ants out of our heads. And ants is automatic negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And as Dr. Amen explains from his many, many decades of studying the human brain, we will unfortunately naturally turn negative in time. Even if we start thinking about something that's positive and good, our mind will wander into negativity. Soon it'll wander into an event that happened 30 years ago that was painful, or we said something we shouldn't have said. So when we begin to discipline ourselves, when we begin to shut our minds down, when we go to those areas, uh, when we begin to challenge the negativity and challenge our self-talk, we can see major improvements in our lives and the way that we communicate with ourselves. And the reason for that is what you know about yourself mm-hmm. and feel about yourself equals your attitude on how, and how well you will communicate with others. So if we're down in ourselves, if we're critical of ourselves, we shouldn't be surprised that that is going to be extended when we communicate and we're going to be down and critical on other human beings. So this entire topic of of self-talk is essential and it's very important. It's the first place we need to begin to overcome that negativity that our minds ultimately turn into when they're unguided, when our thoughts are undisciplined, and we're not challenging 
where it's taking us or the quality of thoughts that it's producing for us. And so that's why self-talk is so essential. Yeah, and when we see people who are just very negative and say negative things, you just know that's how mm -hmm. they're talking to themselves. And when we can come to a point in our communication with our own self where we say, hey, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have acted that way. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't, you know, in fact, what I'm going to do is do, do it differently, and I will do it in a way that won't cause offense or will be unprofitable or just, just plain wrong, inconsiderate. And if we can do that, then when we communicate with others, we will want to be encouraging. We will want to pass along that same positivity rather than being negative and being down on things, and we just start communicating in a negative tone to others uh, that, yes. that is unprofitable. Yeah, absolutely. You've got it. You're, you're exactly right. So that's the first of those two areas that we talked about, our self-talk and the other, of course, other human beings is a, a much broader area because people come in varieties of personalities and attitudes and ways that we need to communicate with them. But without proper knowledge of being an effective communicator, much of our communication or talking will turn into indifference and conflict with other people. So it's important for us to understand the need to retrain ourselves, to learn effective communication skills, beginning with looking at our self-talk, challenging our self-talk, learning to discipline our self-talk, and then from there, moving on and knowing that that will help change our communication skills as we talk to other people. I think that most people want to be effective communicators, but they they struggle. I think all, all of us do, mm -hmm. especially if we don't know people, if we're prejudiced. Uh, what are some of the other barriers to good communication? You've listed several here. Are there more? Yeah, there are. Uh, a major one is a physical barrier. That's distractions and interruptions. And if you've ever been in a like a lunchroom when you're trying to carry on a conversation and maybe all the other conversations are so loud uh, that they become a distraction. It's hard to focus or or concentrate or it could be someone just interrupting us. I have this uh, long term frustration when I'm trying to carry on a conversation in a restaurant with someone and I do coaching a lot of times in restaurants and I'm trying to focus on what that person says. And the waiter or waitress who's well-intended is seems like to me constantly coming to the table, asking a question, asking if we need someone else. And it's an, it's an interruption in the flow of communication. So those are physical, mm -hmm. and those certainly are barriers. A major barrier to good listening, particularly, is the speed of the human mind. Now, our mind thinks at 400 to 600 words per minute. And here's the problem with that. I mean, that's fast. But here's the problem. Conversation with a human being is about 121 words per minute. That means there's a lot of excess bandwidth in our minds as someone's talking to us. And that's what gives us the ability to wander. Mm -hmm. While we can be half concentrating on that conversation, it creates a barrier and at the same time, we can be thinking about that 
great vacation we had last summer in the Rocky Mountains at the same time that someone's trying to talk to us and tell us something. And we're we're not really active listening when we're doing that. We're not focusing on what that person is saying. Again, this is natural. So we have to discipline and train ourselves not to allow that excess bandwidth to wander somewhere else or to some other event or or some other location while someone is talking to us. Active listening means that we suspend that wandering and that we focus on what that person is saying. We hear them out and we concentrate to the point where we're showing them that we're listening, we're asking questions, providing acknowledgement that we're listening, we're trying to gather more information. So the speed of the human mind is also a, a potential barrier to good listening. Mm-hmm. A poor attitude is a barrier to good listening. Uh, it's a major one. Some people have selective listening. They basically hear what they want to. And you can say a lot and they'll pick up on the half a sentence that agrees with what they agree on. And that's the only thing they hear. That's called selective listening, hearing what they want to hear. Another one is overreacting. That also is the reflection of a poor attitude, having a snap judgment, shutting our mind down, not hearing someone out, but just literally closing our mind because maybe we heard something that um, we don't agree with. So uh, that can also be part of a poor attitude, uh, disrespect towards an individual because of their gender or their skin color or maybe how they work or their career, the kind of career they have or whatever, that also is going to be a selective, uh, a barrier to selective listening because disrespect tends to do that. Being insensitive towards another person is also the reflection of a poor attitude. So if our attitude is poor, obviously that's going to be a great barrier to truly listening and hearing someone. Another example is poor behavior, uh, interrupting the speaker, particularly those of us in the Western world. Boy, are we good at that. And how many times do we cut someone off mid-sentence? They basically get two words out, and we already know what we want to say, and we interrupt the speaker. Uh, That's poor behavior. That's a terrible uh, interruption and example of a barrier to good listening. Mm-hmm. Not stop talking. I've had those situations. I've had some uh, sessions and talking with people where, no kidding, maybe out of 60 minutes, I was given the opportunity to make a comment or two for about 30 seconds out of 60 <laughs> minutes. It's like winding up a clock mm-hmm. and you just nonstop talking. Again, that's poor behavior. That's lecturing, that's telling. Uh, Indeed, that's focusing on self, but that's not good communication and it's not good listening. You can't be talking and listening at the same time. Yeah, and those those people think that they're communicating. Those people think they're communicating (laughs) when when they're not because the other person is frustrated, can't speak, and just kind of gives up. Yeah, in most cases, they feel good because Mm -hmm. they feel like they've been heard. And indeed, there are times, sometimes the best thing you can do is sit down with someone who's struggling with a problem or an issue, just listen and offer very little as far as recommendation or help until 
they basically have had a long time to vent and a long time to express their frustrations and what they're going through and how they're feeling. There's a time and a place for that. But uh, if your normal modus operandi is nonstop talking and dominating conversations, that's a barrier to listening. That's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. No, we, we, all, we all want to feel like we're, quote, good conversationalists. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that, doesn't, that comes from the, the, the give and take and seeing yourself and being able to communicate in such a way where you put yourself in their shoes of what do they need to hear. They need to be lifted up. They need to be shown respect. They need to feel like they have value. If not, believe me, you're not, go you're not going anywhere. Constant criticism is another poor behavior when you just have a critical mindset. Someone's trying to talk to you and you're slumping. You're basically sending a message that you'd rather not be there or uh, be hearing what is being said. Texting or reading during a conversation. I've been hired by some organizations and I'm just stunned to talk to an entire employee team or a group and 20 or 30 percent of them are texting through the whole presentation mm -hmm. or uh, reading something uh, during a presentation that is just so disrespectful uh, towards the company that's investing in someone's future and investing in their education. And then they end up texting or reading during a learning session. That's again, that's just very poor behavior. Mm -hmm. And on one on one, it's avoiding eye contact, not looking at someone when you are communicating. That's also poor behavior when you're avoiding having eye contact with uh, someone. Sometimes when you are very angry with someone, you will avoid eye contact, but further enrages the person by you're just staring off as they're talking to you. Yeah, they get the impression you're ignoring them and don't want to hear it, that mm -hmm. you're not focusing and listening. Mm -hmm. So it, I think it's important to try as much as possible to maintain good eye contact when you're communicating with someone and to maintain uh, that eye contact throughout the conversation. Mm -hmm. Because again, it's an indication. It's basically saying, I'm listening to you. I respect you. I'm hearing you out, even though I may not agree with you. I'm hearing you out what you have to say. And so much so that I'm focusing on you and what you have to say at this moment in time. Greg, I've heard you use the phrase levels of listening. Can you please explain this to us? Sure. There are five levels of listening. And again, we'll go from the most shallow to the one that is most uh, important for us to understand and appreciate when we talk about becoming an effective communicator. The first one is ignoring. And that's making no effort at all to listen to someone. That is a guaranteed in time to provide conflict, to provide bitterness, to provide resentment and anger on the part of one person towards another one when you are ignoring them. As I said earlier, no communication is poor communication. 
The second one is pretend listening. I'll say this tongue in cheek because as a husband, I've been caught doing this a few times. That's making believe or giving the appearance that you're listening, but you're not really focused on the conversation. And I think most husbands uh, get called out on that at uh, a few times in their married life. And that's called pretend listening. And it's certainly better than ignoring someone, but it's not a very quality form of communication. Mm -hmm. the, the next one is selective listening, and that's hearing only parts of the conversation that interest you. So that's a little bit deeper. It's certainly better than pretend listening. You're at least hearing part of the conversation, but you're only really hearing the part that you want to agree with or that you think is good, and you're not really hearing the whole message. And then the fourth level is attentive listening. That's paying attention and focusing on what the speaker says and comparing that to your own experiences. So you're getting a little bit deeper. You're getting very close to where you want to be. You're attentive to what the person is saying. You're listening. You're comparing it with your own experiences, with your own values, and all of that is good. But the fifth level of listening and the most important level is empathetic, mm -hmm. is empathic listening. It's demonstrating empathy towards someone, listening and responding with both your heart and your mind to understand the speaker's words and their intent and their feelings. And that's one reason why we want to just go beyond words and focus on the total message. We want to look at the person's gestures. We want to um, see uh, their eyes. We want to see their feelings through their nonverbal a way of communicating as well as the words that are coming out of their mouths. And that is the deepest level of listening, being empathetic, truly allowing both your heart and your mind to focus and understand what the speaker is saying and to focus on their intent and also to, to be sensitive to their feelings and what they're, they're telegraphing to you through their feelings. Uh, that is something that is uniquely human, and that is something that we want to strive to achieve again in all of our best relationships with our spouses, with our family, with our coworkers, with people that we know on a one-on-one -on -one, a routine level. We want to develop empathy and learn to listen with our hearts and learn to listen with our minds. That is just so very important. You know, Greg, you had so many things you said here in this podcast, but to me, this was the most important because that's the one that really makes communication really a joy. When I talk to people, if somebody's empathetic to what I'm going through, to my frustration or even my anger or what, what I would like to see done and really understands that and, and really can, can acknowledge that, that would be so, so very important. The key is that everybody wants to be respected and appreciated. And the highest form of respect that you can possibly show another human being is to actively listen to them, is to stop what you're doing, smile, show them that you're focusing on what they had to say, allowing them to say it, listening intently, repeating back what they said so they understand that you're feeling for them and you're feeling with them and you're getting the message and you have empathy for them. Mm -hmm. Again, active listening is the highest form of respect and appreciation 
that you can show another human being. That's why this is so important and this topic that we're on is so important. So next time, what I'd like to do with your approval is I would like to go into discussing why listening and receiving feedback is so important. And we'll look at some quotations from the late Dr. Stephen Covey and apply them to communication, apply them to ourselves. And we'll take another step at learning some of the skills of being an effective communicator. Well, I never get tired of Stephen Covey. Uh, (laughs) Unbelievable capacity. Very talented man, that's for sure. And they're so very easy to apply. Anyway, I really appreciated, Greg, all the things that you said today. This is so, so very valuable. You asked my approval. Of course, you got my approval. (laughs) (laughs) You have so many things. I'll be number 14. But I really appreciate your knowledge and wisdom and also the fact that you really do care about people. You're not just telling us what to do, but you really seem to have real people in mind when you give your advice. Well, thank you, Vic. Appreciate that very much. So thank you and look forward to our next podcast. Thank you for listening to us today on The Cubic Report. We welcome you to share this podcast and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Apple and Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, and many other platforms. You can easily find us at any browser address box by typing in the words, The Cubic Report, and there we are. Remember, Cubic is spelled K-U-B-I-K. We'd love to hear from you. Write to us at vcubic at gmail.com. That's V-K-U-B-I-K at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more.